So we had Cora Staunton in the studio this week and we had such a great chat with her that we've decided to release our question and answer as a separate podcast for you, our listeners. So we hope you enjoy this. We did uh, ask on the socials if anyone had any questions to ask you. And so one was, what is your favourite moment with the Giants? Uh, every moment from the last two years has been brilliant with the highs and the lows Um, you know I've enjoyed every uh, and this has been truthful I've enjoyed every minute that I've been over here I I absolutely love it Um, I love the challenge of a new game and and trying to make myself better but I suppose if you're trying to pick out a standout moment um, from the two years um, it'll be probably probably the Bulldogs last year down in Canberra I love playing in Canberra for some reason I, I love Marnica Oval I just yeah it's one of the really special pitch or, mm. um, ovals that you kind of get to and you just yeah there's something special about it and I've only played there twice um, and the Giants have only ever won there I think. yeah yeah so we played yeah. Geelong this year and we, we played the Bulldogs there last year so yeah I suppose obviously the Bulldogs went on to win the Premiership last year Um and they were raging hot favourites that day. We went in to play them, and we had a super game. It was probably our best all round team performance. So yeah, that was that was special. But the whole experience has been, you know, a, a truly special one for me. Like every day, I go into the Giants and train, or, and um, get the opportunity to do to train and, and give my best. There is brilliant, and obviously to work with a um, a coach like Alan is, is amazing too. You know, he's a uh, He's a brilliant, brilliant guy. He's a, an extremely, extremely good coach. And I suppose I've been around um, the sporting fields for years and, and came across, you know, numerous, numerous coaches. And mm. as I said last year, you know, he's definitely up there, um, probably been in the top two coaches I ever had. And if he's not number one, um, so he's done an amazing amazing things for this group while it didn't probably work out this year um, the girls have a massive respect for him and you know the club is only going forward and on, on the up with him there hmm. yeah great so um, the Giants end of year tradition for the women is a day in the harbour on a boat so they're saying ask Cora who gets sick <laughs> who does not adapt well to being on the boat and does anyone jump in for a dip once the boat is anchored. Yeah. Uh, this, can, that's from Alan. <laughs> Alan of uh, Olympic Park, is that right? Um, Vicky was on the boat. So this year, no, the weather wasn't as good as we were this first year we were on it. Well, the first time I was on it last year. So this year no one jumped in. Um, last year we had a few that jumped in, but the, the biggest culprit would definitely be Cinda. Yeah, she's she, she, trouble. She, she's liable to do anything. So yeah. I, I'm giggling, Cora, because I played footy with her last yeah, year. Yeah, the Bulldogs. So we know Cinda. Yeah, yeah, Cinda's a great character. Yeah, so she'd be the most liable to jump in, and, and has has before. Um, who's not good on the boat? So we've one or two girls that actually don't come on the boat because they obviously suffer from seasick. So fridge being one of them, uh, oh, really? and uh, Biso being the other. So oh, they, yeah. No. Um, but they, they do join us afterwards when we, when we get off. Um, yeah, so it's obviously, um, you know, it's a, a fabulous thing to do to have, I suppose, uh, 30-ish girls on the boat um, and all staff that have helped out in the programme and, and, you know, CEOs and, and um, uh, just people, general people in the club. And I think that's really special about the Giants. There's, they don't differentiate from, you know, if you're um, the CEO of the club or you're a first-year player in or if you're a men's player or a netball or everyone knows everyone, you know, you walk into the club and, you know, um, Toby Green will say hello to you or Dave Matthews will say hello to you or, you know, it doesn't matter or Joe Harton, it doesn't matter who you are, everyone knows everyone and, and stops to chat to you. And, 
you know, I suppose from me, from my point of view, that probably wouldn't happen at home. We don't have the same connection with with the men's game as we do over here, and I think that's really special that you know the likes of Dave and, and James Avery um, spend so much time um, getting to know the girls and you know to getting to know everyone in in the club, and I think that's what makes the Giants probably a little bit more special than other clubs there. They're kind of a big family unit and, and, and everyone gets along. And I suppose, you know, days like um, getting a trip out in the harbour on a, a very expensive boat um, is nice. Um, but it, yeah, it's obviously, you know, to reward the girls for all their hard work and, um, that yeah. they've done. And, you know, it's nice, I suppose, outside of the football club and outside of um, that competitive environment to get to know people as well, you know, um, from, from you know, not just in, in, in a train and around the pitch that you know, like to just get to know people and chat to them um out of that kind of circle, so yeah, um, they're they're good old days. Um, they, don't, they don't finish on the boat. We normally move on, but um, <laughs> they, yeah, they're they're very you know they're really enjoyable. And I suppose, especially last year, me coming over from from um, Ireland and not knowing anyone, you know, they're they're really important because you know I have to get to know um, thirty other girls that I you know I've that struggle to understand me and spend most of their time slagging me um, from the way I talk. Um, <laughs> That so must yeah. drive you insane. Does yeah, it drive you insane? I, 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 sometimes I, I thought it definitely have stopped this year. It was bad last year, but it's worse this year. And I thought with Yvonne <laughs> coming over might take some of the pressure off me. It yeah. hasn't took any. No um, decoy. No, no, no decoy. <laughs> There's still, yeah. This, do, do you just give a bad Australian accent back? Uh, I get a, ba- a bad Irish accent back and none of them can yeah, properly maybe Barlou uh, Stevenson she probably is the best one I've taken off my accent but um, majority of the time I take a well there can be an odd time I probably won't take a well but um, you know I've I've been told if, if they're um, slagging you and um, having the crack that it's a good sign it means that they're like it means that's a like yeah, so it's a yeah, compliment like, I'll take it as a compliment but um yeah, the, the, yeah you know you're in if you're being insulted yeah yeah majority <laughs> that's on the of the citizenship time, yeah, test yeah, <laughs> majority of the time I'm still hearing interviews that I did last year that comes up in our whatsapp group or in our uh, facebook group of me talking and saying different things so <laughs> uh, you're a good sport I can tell by the look on your face <laughs> um I've got a couple of questions for you, Cora. Yeah. One is quite flippant and the other one is a little bit more serious. Yeah. I'll start with the flippant one. See if you can tell the difference. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Have you got a nickname? Have I got a nickname? Uh, over here. The machine. No, nah, the machine. The machine? Um, is that your nickname? No, nah, I don't have a nickname. It is my notes. It's in my notes. I've got Mark the machine. Date and time. Mark yeah, the date there's and some time. of them called the machine, yeah. Um, Fridge likes to call me Rara for some reason. Um Rara. Ra. Oh, the, yeah. the RA part of yeah. I just um, got it. Uh, Irish, um, a lot of the time. Oh, yeah. Irish. Yeah. I, had, I, yeah. I played Irish. with a woman back in yeah. Melbourne who um, was from Ireland and she got the nickname Irish. Yeah. Some of them like to call me Coors. Um, Coors. Yeah. yeah, that's probably it. It's a bit um, lazy, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not really, There's not it's much, not though, you can get from really Cora, though. <laughs> You no. haven't, have you ever done anything crazy stupid that would have warranted a nickname? That no, you, That no. you want to say on this yeah, podcast? Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, just, uh, <laughs> I'd be very clever about <laughs> that scoop. I'd never get caught. I might probably have done yeah. it, but I'd be very clever I'd never get caught. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'd put the blame on someone else. Yeah. The, My the, name's the, Von Bonner. Officer. So they call Yvonne Bon Bon. That's the only nickname. Von Bon? Yeah, that's the only nickname that I think that she's got. So no, not the major. Ask the trivial the trivial yeah. question then. Um, 
I've, I've watched quite a bit of Gaelic football. I love it, actually. Yeah. And I love how quick the ball movement is. And, of course, the field is much smaller than an AFL yeah. field as well. Yeah. Um, obvious stuff. This yeah. is revelation, this yeah. kind of stuff, isn't it? Um, well, but I've never seen a game. Okay, yet. it's a so rectangular field, yeah, like a rugby field. like a rugby, probably longer than a rugby field. Right. Yeah. And there are 15 players yeah. aside. So you handle the ball a significant amount more, I yeah. would imagine, than you do in an AFL match. Yeah. And I'm curious to know if it's frustrating for you that you – know, I heard once that – an average game of AFL football, and this was talking about men's football, so that length of time. Yeah. Uh, a, a player that has an average number of possessions in the midfield ends up spending over 100 minutes of football touching the ball for about 30 seconds. So the, the grand total of time yeah. they will hold the ball in their hands is 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. It's crazy when you think yeah. about it. So at that point they were making was, well, what else are you doing in that time to yeah. help your team? But that's beside the yeah. point. Are you frustrated at not being able uh, to handle the ball as often? I probably was last year, not this year as much. Um, so last year... I'll probably have to sit me down. I think it was early enough when I come over. So uh, when I'm when I play at home, I'd be probably known as the top scorer, so I'd score a lot. Um, so my averages would be quite high. Um, you know, I could score thirteen or fourteen points, which would be like thirteen or fourteen goals here. Um, or, you know, so I'd be having at least probably on average at home, I could have anything between fifteen and twenty shots. Wow, on goal. So, so I had to learn pretty quickly that that wasn't going to happen over here. Or you weren't going, you know, that was never going to be the case that you're having that many shots, or you're going to, you know, even score that score that often. So, that point of view, I, I probably struggled a little bit for a while, um, and 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 the whole thing of touching the ball and getting on the ball, yeah, I probably struggled even a little bit now. Um, and I'm the type of player, and that's probably why I moved up the pitch a little bit this year. I'm the type of player that likes to be involved in the action. It probably doesn't have to be touching the ball, but it has to be like maybe tackling Doing or something. being involved in where the the contest is, not standing out. Um, so at times, yeah, I've been probably given out uh, given out a few times for yeah being up at the contest too often. Um, but that's just again instinct, and that's what Gaelic football is. You know, we're, they'd be very rare if you didn't in Gaelic football touch the ball every two or three minutes mm. you know and even at that that that'll be rare you get on the ball quite often um it doesn't have to be um scoring but you're passing or you're involved in the play quite a lot because the game is so fast so yeah at the start it was but that's the big challenge um and you know if you want to be a good sports person you have to rise to the challenge so yeah i i've got used to it now um as i said i probably still want to be involved in play um, and maybe my role as a, a deeper forward wasn't allowing that and that's probably why I've gone higher up the pitch and they've allowed me to be more involved and you're happier um, there yeah I'm happier there I suppose if I was a few years younger I'd have probably liked to have tried out as a midfielder if, you that know, was my if next question yeah if I've been honest yeah um I, I, I would probably like to have been a midfielder but you know obviously there's so much to learn in there and, and what to play more so than, than you are if you're a forward are you a talker on the field or you, you'd sort of, without the experience, you're not confident to have a chat? Yeah, I, I'd be probably a little bit more confident this year. Certainly, I probably didn't say too much last year. Are you talking about sledging? Are you? Oh, no, 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 I just wondered if yeah. you felt, um, obviously being a senior player back home yeah. and so experienced, whether you felt, even though you're in amongst the ball and getting yeah. amongst it, you're, you you don't feel confident enough to be telling anyone where to go. Yeah, to I, I certainly like wouldn't. That. And even now, I'd probably feel a little bit more confident at home. I'd be a huge talker on the pitch at home I coach so I coach teams at home so um, you know I'd have a coaching background and I'd coach a club team at home and I've coached underage teams so I would be a huge talker and you know with younger girls coming into teams at home I'd be uh, I would be guide them through their their the matches and trainings and seasons and stuff over here no I, I certainly wouldn't I'd be probably 
be more of an encouraging them to keep going now because that's the only thing I can say. But structure wise, I'd still struggle to say, oh, do you know what? Um, uh, Bernardi stand here or someone stand here because I'm still not 100% sure. There's mm. things I'm sure about I'll talk, but if I'm not 100% sure, I won't talk. And do you take advice? Constructive all, criticism? All the you, time, yeah. yeah. So um, I'd have a, like a very good relationship like with the likes of uh, Gummy would quite often be telling me what to do on the pitch and I'd be if she tells me to run left or tells me to run right or go forward or back I'd be constantly listening but I'd be asking her to do that mm-hmm. um, all the time or same last year with Phoebe or whoever whoever I'm, I'm around there's certain players I'd ask yeah that they'd tell me what I'm doing certainly I would have no problem it doesn't even have to be constructive they can say whatever the way they like I wouldn't take it um, so I, I'd be lucky enough um, last year when I'd have come into the team Al would have kind of sat down with me and Tanya so Tanya is one of our key backs um, and said you know what I'm going to put you Mark and Cora for quite a while in, in training sessions to guide her through where she should be running um, and what she should be doing at the same time Tanya trying to be a, a defender and, and mark me so for the first couple of uh, months Tanya done that brilliantly and that helped me learn um, you know which was very clever by Al obviously to have someone on field doing that yeah so the certain girls Tanya, Gummy, Alicia I'd always go and ask to to, for advice or ask them to come and watch my edits with me to talk me through them at the same time Al and John would be doing that with me also but to try and, to try and learn the game more and, and not to be taking all of Al's time up or John's time up hmm. And is this all leading to your third season at GWS? <laughs> uh, you'll, you'll, you'll have to give Al a call there on the phone and ask him <laughs> uh, uh, No decision made I'll, be, I'll probably make one obviously the trade period comes up um, you know, early April and I'll have to decide um, sometime in April whether what I'm doing um, I'll see how the body holds up um, you know, I have to go home and, uh, and play a full season of football when I go home so my you know, body doesn't really get a rest. I probably play 11, 11 and a half months of the year and probably get a two-week break. So, you know, at my oh, age, <laughs> that's not ideal. I've been probably wow. doing that for the last number of years. Um, you know, the last yeah. time I had a full break from, from, from any sport was um, 11 years ago when I had, uh, had to have my operation on my knee. Um, so that was wow. the last concrete um, few months that I'd out. Um, so I haven't had really any substantial break. So Just give up the Gaelic. That's easy. Oh, <laughs> just come back here for three months every year. That, that could never happen. I'm very, very, very so loyal. That's when you're in a coffin. Yeah, no, I'm very loyal to my... I'd never do that to my club at home. Yeah, absolutely. When I when I have to give up playing, I'll give up playing. But absolutely, I wouldn't be allowed back. No, nah, um, fair enough. Customs wouldn't let you yeah, in. Yeah, I'd, I'd be, yeah. If I... I'd be Break shot. I'd be boss. never allowed home if I didn't go home and play for my club. Um, so, yeah, no, I'll, I'll definitely be going back playing with them. <laughs> Another question... Um, this is from Peter Holden, who um, is the host of Women's Australian Rules Football Radio. And he's asked, what do you see beyond your playing career? You've already mentioned coaching, but what about media or a player agent, you suggested? <laughs> uh, yeah, who knows? I haven't really thought fully. I'd certainly um, get involved in coaching um, in some regard, um, whether it would be you know, I don't know probably enough about the AFL. I'd have to learn a lot more about it to be, you know, a really good coach. And I know you can be a really good coach in any sport. It just takes time to learn the sport. Mm. I'll certainly coach in, in at home if I'm at home with the with GEA. Um, I, I do that already. I've been probably doing that for the last 10 years. Um, so from that point of view, yeah, I, I'll certainly get involved in coaching. Um, and at home, I, I do I do media work already at home. So when I go home um, at the end of May, I'll have kind of June, July, August, September 
and I'll commentate on both uh, men's and women's uh, GEA matches on the TV and on the radio. So yeah, my weekends will be very busy doing that when I go home. So I'll do that for the national broadcaster. Um, player agent is probably something that I would never have thought about because we don't have agents at home. Mm. Um, I don't have an agent over here. Um, so yeah, you know, obviously I... Fee might like <laughs> to sign you up. <laughs> uh, obviously, I, I, I've learned a little about player agents with um, Sauce, who was with us last year. Um, uh, Alexandra, yeah, yeah. So I um, set up her own um, player management company this year. She worked yeah, with Paul Connors before great. that. Um, so I've learned a little bit from her. I'd be, you know, still mm. good friends of her, and, and obviously she's not with the Giants this year. But um, no, so player agent. I know I couldn't see her going down that role. I probably like to. I like the coaching aspect. I like on field. Um, even now over here, I kind of like guiding the young players and mm. showing them what um, professional sports about and how you reach the level of you know top level. And and you know I probably mentor a lot of the younger girls here. So something in maybe coaching or mentoring. Certainly, I, I yeah, that would be my preference. Does yeah, the right. um, commentating and the coaching pay your bills, or have you got another? No, another? yeah, no, too, yeah, they, they, they're extras. Um, coaching, you probably wouldn't get if you went high enough coaching at home. You'd probably get because um, it's, it's an amateur sport. It's it's a bit of a contentious issue. You're probably you're, you, they get paid, but it's a lot of it's um, under the table type of payment. Um, with commentary and stuff, certainly you get paid. But I know I work full time at home. Um, so I work with the health service at home and I work in um, health promotion. So my master's in health promotion and I work with um, a kind of very disadvantaged community. The only way I can compare it is a bit like the Aborigine community. So mm-hmm. they're known as the traveller community at home. Kind of, again, you might know the gypsy community, mm-hmm. that type of community. So they're very, very poor health and their health status is, is, is quite poor. So they die kind of 15 years younger than the settled population um, in Ireland. So my role is around uh, education, educating them on how to have better health in all aspects. You know, their domestic violence rates are very high, drug alcohol rates, mental health, suicide is seven times higher. So my role is to basically um, promote education. So with that community, so it's all around health promotion. And is that an outreach based service or... Or are you, it, it, do they I, come to a central place, or do you go? Yeah, out to um, them? a bit of both. So we employ some some women for the, from the community. So mm. we've um, educated them over four years. So I, I, I'm ten years working with them. We've educated them, and now they work for us. But so I give them the work to go out. So they go outreach, but we do have people that come in as well. So it's peer led. Um, it's Brilliant. it's it's led within the Likely community. Likely to succeed. Yeah, yeah, so it's, it's yeah, it's it's a very positive program, and it's great to see that you know it's it's females within the community, which mm-hmm. is very rare. Mm-hmm. It's a very male-dominated community, so it's females in the community. They're now um, the breadwinners and, and and working, so they they go out and and bring out health promotion uh, materials to all families, um, and again, they're the people. These are role models within their community. So yeah, I I, I like yeah you know, I oversee all the program and yeah. stuff. So um, your work's obviously okay with you coming out here. Yeah, I'm on a career break as at the moment. Yeah, they've been they've been very good. Um, they've been career very good. Break. <laughs> career break, yeah. <laughs> career break. Career break with um yeah for a year. Um, so I just yeah obviously because it's work with the health service you're entitled to um to t- take a career break. But they've been very good overall with my sport and career. I suppose um. I'm a good I'm a good uh, face for them to have obviously working for them um, but they've been very not if you keep breaking your nose <laughs> yeah <laughs> I know Five yeah times. <laughs> but yeah no they're ver- they're very um, yeah they've been very very good to me um, and I, I, I I'm kind of very much when I'm at home I, I work I work work a lot um, I do a lot of other stuff outside of my full time job I do a schools based program as well um, 
where I go into um, uh, schools, uh, secondary schools, so schools from girls from 12 to 18, go in and inspire them, tell them your story about life. And as a sports person, I, I go in and talk about things. Um, I lost my mother quite young and talk about that and how it had affected of me on me. I lost one of my best friends as well and how sport helped me. So go in and inspire them and tell them, obviously Australia comes into it um, and you know um, basically try and keep young girls involved in some sort of physical activity some sort of sport and do different um, confidence building self, self-esteem exercise with them so I normally spend two days with, with maybe 30 girls and try and inspire them so I try and do that as well so I try and get a couple of schools in where I take time off from work to, to do that but and then after that you can be asked to probably do four three or four um different functions at a weekend whether it's off to train a, a young underage team or give out medals or to do a talk or y- yeah you get in on date with stuff so it's time to try and manage all of that um I, I struggle so you know when I was left Australia last year obviously people wanted to hear your story so you know I was working probably 16 17 hour days to try and fit everything in which mm. is, is difficult when you're trying to train as well on top of it so writing your award-winning book <laughs> the game changer <laughs> yeah that's only really added to your workload as well having to promote that as well yeah so I suppose that came out in a that came out so when I went home I had the, obviously I had the documentary crew follow me um, around for eight weeks last year um, with my experience with the Giants so that that came out in September on, on the national TV at home so I had to do obviously promotional stuff around that then my book came out in October um, so normally when you do when your book comes out you've probably you've probably four to six weeks of media um that you're that you have to do um so that that means everything from you know uh friday night i don't know whatever your main friday night show is here is uh, at home it's the late late so the biggest show that everyone watches mm. over a million people in ireland to watch it so that's your first appearance and then from there you're doing media interviews for the next couple of months or next couple of weeks i should have probably been doing them longer but luckily enough i was off to australia you know we do them right up to christmas because obviously the christmas market is a big sales market Mm -hmm. but i was lucky enough i was i I was gone so i didn't i had to fill a lot in in the time i was um at home um yeah so yeah that was that was another experience so that's another thing done and dust yeah so the book's available widely but the documentary i think is still not yeah i, I exist from australia yeah yeah correct? so the documentary is just licensed i think in um in ireland i don't think it's been you licensed write them a letter? <laughs> yeah send them a tweet maybe we yeah, should put some pressure on yeah, them yeah it's um yeah it's been received very 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 well at home and mm. you know it's again my documentary came out the week before the cross quarters camp in, in um in oh, Melbourne, that so was handy. yes, that was handy. <laughs> so um, for the, for the Giants, it's, it's been again probably one of the reasons that they got Yvonne was part of because obviously she'd have watched the documentary before she come to Melbourne, and then Al would have, she'd have seen Al from the television. So mm. she, you know there was an instant connection that kind of way. So yeah, it, it was it was difficult. It wasn't an easy thing to do. No, um, no, I'm probably the, I'm probably quite opposite. I don't like to tell any story, but I was probably. As we say at home, I was kind of roped into doing a book and a documentary without even thinking about it, and then they came out. So, right, um, yeah, that's it's a little bit different, difficult because everyone has read your story now and everyone knows everything about you. Before that, I, I'd have been very private and right. nobody knew anything yeah. about you. So, <laughs> that's why it was great when the book was written. I could come out here and I haven't been home since. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so with such a busy, there's so much, there's so many um, different angles of your work. 
What do you do for fun? I, I don't have time at home. I actually have to do the opposite. When I come here, I have to learn to relax because I'm not working. I just play sport over here. I have so much free time. So I've gone to, to learn to being really, really busy to come over here to being the opposite and I'm looking wondering how will I unwind yeah. yeah um I suppose when I do get time in Ireland um to, to um I obviously like socializing and, and going out with you know I have a great group of friends going out and having fun with them it doesn't happen that often because obviously we're playing football right through the season and you know you don't probably go out too often and have too many drinks but when we do we, we certainly go out and we, we like to party and, and have good fun um I suppose at home, you know, I look enough, I have 11 nieces and nephews that come from a big family. So I spend a lot of time with them and looking after them. And, you know, they're very uh, proud of Auntie Cora. So, um, you know, they're up in the middle of the night watching all the Giants matches. And, you know, they absolutely love the Giants. Um, so it's probably a lot of time with them when I'm over here. Um, I like to kind of go to the beach. We don't have good weather at home. Mm-hmm. Um I became a bit of a coffee snob, so I love my coffee over here. So you end up just yeah going for coffee, seeing Sydney. Um, yeah, I've you know go for, go for drives or whatever it is. Um, but again, a lot of my time will be put into doing extra sessions, doing extra uh, vision or yeah. extra kicking sessions. And yeah, I probably train probably you know Sim would tell you I probably overtrain, but you know we, we'll argue that. Um, yeah. So right. they, they they just let me do what I want. The first year I came here, they're very much trying to pull me off off the track a lot of the time but they've kind of just learned to, to right. let me do what I want because <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I'd be very much that I train um, probably a bit too much <laughs> they've got to pick their battles with you <laughs> yeah they've, they're, they're, I think they've got to know me now so they're, they're fine so what about um, music uh, yeah I, I like music to a point um, yeah obviously go to a few concerts and stuff but yeah it'll be all Irish bands I don't understand a lot of the Australian music over here and <laughs> any time I turn on the radio it's like been back in the 90s because it's all really old <laughs> old music um it depends on what station well, well any station well. i have on in, in my car they're yeah are the same song as that's one of my complaints There's a couple of complaints but sydney the same song is played all the time well Corey, you need to get into some community radio <laughs> yeah like two ser isn't yeah. that right anthony that's the wrong voice for two ser <laughs> it is the wrong that's voice. a commercial radio voice that one yeah so yeah um yeah no, i like music but obviously it'd be a lot of irish bands that i probably go after or, yeah, or, or uk bands sure yeah. And do you have any music that you use, use to pump yourself up? Uh, I, I'd actually Game be quite, or? yeah, I, I, I'd like, again, you probably want a lot, a lot of um, Irish bands. Picture this is one that I like at the moment, um, Codeline. Um, yeah, different. I'd be, I wouldn't like Anthony, I wouldn't be Pep Randall now where I'd have to have absolutely music that'll be blaring and, and oh yeah, yeah, she's just a different level. I'm, I'm quite in between something that's not too high and something that's not too low. So in the change rooms, is there uh, like a... A playlist. The, yeah, okay, so, yeah so but it's meant to be a playlist where we all um, give in our songs, but a lot of them seem to be Pep songs, so Pep compu- uh, <laughs> she's uh, controls the music, yeah, so she, it yeah. Work. It's always the way. There's she always a musical dictator yeah. in a footy club, that's for it sure. Is. They put it out there work. democratically at the start of the yeah, season. Yeah, and it never works that way. They Some just of it's come in bad. With their own. Yeah. So I'm a music therapist, you see. Yeah. So I'm like, this. You cannot, you cannot force other people to yeah. like your own. Maybe music. you could get a gig with GWS next year. Yeah, I can be there. Yeah, I can be uh, there. Yeah. I'd say Pep would fight you for it now. I don't think she's ever going to let you. Don't want, you don't want to take her on yeah. either. Well, no, I certainly don't yeah. want to take Excellent. her on. Yeah, so yeah, music yeah, is good. Sure. But again, yeah, I like to go to concerts. Like some of the best concerts I've been at, probably. 
it's yeah, they're they're random ones. Of, um, I've been to Coldplay probably Adele. She's been amazing. Was that her? Was, was that it, was it out here? No, no, all at home. All right. Um, are you a U two fan, Cora? Yeah, yeah, U two. Yeah, they're yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, U two are probably have. Otherwise, they revoke. Have you. their day done, really? It's on. They're on the slide, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they're on. Um, I've been to Whitney. I used to be a big Whitney fan before she died. Have um, you really? Yeah. Um, I didn't get there, so I'm a little jelly right yeah. now. Mm. So yeah, I, yeah. And I'm a range of music. I don't really like, you know high pump music anthem from there down I'm, I'm, I'm quite you know could listen to anthem really I like I like music that tells a story yeah, yeah. like what Faye? <laughs> any country song <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, Irish I, no. music is fine by yeah. me yeah, folk not, music, <laughs> indie yeah, I, music. Not a big country country fan. No, I bet you could be Cora. No, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, no. it's no. not that big a jump, you know. No. <laughs> no. How long would it take, Fee? <laughs> <laughs> An hour and a half. <laughs> so you talked just earlier, Cora, about Frio in terms of the pressure that was put on them because they've been talked up. Um, for their prospects in in this season and a lot of people have said that about GWS so can we ask you about what that meant for you having um, joined GWS for season two last year and so you're back for season three a lot of players returned Um, so what was your experience of the pressure that a lot of people have talked about? Yeah, I suppose after season two and how well we performed, I suppose um, GWS were went from season one to being bottom of the ladder to uh, season uh, two to having a very good season, being one game away from the grand final. Um, and then obviously, yeah, there was pressure going in this year. You know, overall, did we deal well with the pressure? You know, it's it's difficult to tell if the pressure was the reason. I think, you know, we have to look at the competition as a whole. It's gone up. The standard has gone up. Um, you know, the players that are coming in, the young players or players, you know, they have maybe didn't play um, last year. It's, it's just got better. Um, and maybe we haven't got up to that standard and, you know, we have to improve. Um, but in saying that, you know, Brisbane round one, we lost by two two points and that could have been the whole turning point of the season. Um, I, I really think in a short season, you really need to get a, a round one win. Um, mm. So that could have changed it all around. But certainly, yeah, I, I think there was probably a little bit more expectation um, on the group and maybe we didn't probably cope with it as well as we could. Um, you know, we had some, some uh, players that had ex- exceptional years last year and it was very hard to, to match that year in, year out. Um, and obviously, like any other season, we we, ha- we, we lost a few, I suppose. Um, Phoebe probably being the main one that we lost. And, you know, she was she was obviously key to us. Um, and, you've, you know, it's very difficult when you have new girls coming in. I think we would seven or eight new girls coming into the team. And I know from my point of view, when, when you come in, it takes you a while to get used to. Well, certainly for me, it took me, it's still taking me time to get used to everything, especially around the education of the game. And, um, you know, for girls coming from, you know, um, we had a couple of girls come from Adelaide and, and, and other places, Yvonne coming from Ireland. It, it takes a while for everything to gel and in the short season you don't have much time. So, yeah, I, I think that's something that, you know, obviously the coaching staff and as a group of players we've kind of spoke about and looked at and, you know, um, for season four, that's yeah, something that, you know, probably won't have as much expectation on us, but you have to be able to deal with it. Um, you know, I know from my football career at all, there's, at home there's loads of expectation on you and it's something that, yeah, um, as a footballer, you, you learn to deal with. Um, but as a group, we probably didn't deal with it in in, in the way we'd liked. Um, but we've we've, a, we've quite a young group of girls there, um, and, and and I'm sure in the next few years they'll be well able to deal with it. Hmm. So 
Yvonne Bonner joined GWS as the second Gaelic player. Uh, and I understand that uh, you two are rivals back home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose it like it wouldn't be major rivals. So obviously um, on the back of um, GWS taking a gamble on me last year, um, there's now five Irish girls in, in, in the competition, um, one with um, Colleen Wood, one with the Bulldogs and obviously one with the Crows in the grand final um, at the weekend. So, um, yeah, I, I can imagine there's going to be a, uh, probably a good few more in, in the competition next year. Um, how many, I don't know, but obviously the cross-coders programme um, is holding a camp in, in, in Ireland in sometime in May. Um, and by all accounts, I've heard there's quite a lot of um, girls going for um, the camp. Um, the last I'd heard, I think there's 120 um, applied for the camp, which is, you know, a huge number. Wow. Um, so yeah, obviously, yeah, Yvonne came out. Um, you know, um, I suppose I would have had a little bit of chats with Al before Yvonne came out and probably helped him. And you know, um, obviously because I know the Irish girls better than him. Um, and Yvonne is a you know a fantastic footballer at home. She's in you know in the in the top twenty GA players at home and has been doing very well for Donegal. Yeah, so we'd have been rivals. Um, you know, obviously I I play with Mayo, which is a county. Yvonne plays with Donegal. Um, We've played each other a bit, but probably not as much as I've played other girls from other counties. But um, yeah, I've been lucky enough. We've been probably on the winning side more times than, than not. So I can <laughs> take that. I can take that one. And so good. from that, I gather you got her the job at GWS. No, so she all. owes you a beer. Is that right? No, not at all. Um, I think her talent alone um, got her a job at GWS. <laughs> but um, yeah, obviously, when, when, when you're Irish and yeah, there's Irish girls being looked at, I suppose I'm the first person um, the coaching staff can ask because uh, you know, I've probably had 22 or 23 years experience of playing at home. Fair enough. Can I just throw a quote back at yeah. you? I think you, about a year ago, I love the chat. This is about Australia. I love the challenge and the freshness, the lifestyle. I'm a nobody over there, meaning Australia. It's lovely. Are you still second year in a nobody or do, have you got pressure on you this second time around? Yeah, well, I, I think a lot of the pressure is probably um, pressure from myself, obviously. Um, when I come, I'm you know a very competitive sports person and want to do well. So m- most of the pressure this year coming back was from myself um, that I do better than I did last year. Um, you know whether that's from a stats point of view or just you know performance point point of view. Um, yeah, so there's yeah obviously in in matches yeah th- they probably all they all knew me last year because I was the only Irish girl there and there was probably enough a lot of media attention. But yeah, I suppose this year I'd be probably probably one of the key forwards for, for the Giants so you probably see the you know the probably the key defender coming on yeah but yeah that's that's normal I'm, I'm very well used to that at home you know I suppose I've been playing in an environment at home where I'm, I'm normally being marked by not one player normally two players so it's yeah it's it's nothing new but as I said there's no pressure from the club it's just I want to make myself better um as a as a an AFLW player and you know that's what I would strive to do um last year and you know I think I've done that um so yeah um probably a little bit of pressure f- you know from other teams but more so internally um from myself and with the pressure of either one or two plays is that why you do a lot of ducking and weaving and left and right and there's um a lot of talk about you getting caught with the ball a lot this yeah, season yeah I, I suppose um the biggest difference is you know um 
when you're playing uh, Gaelic football at home it's all on instinct um, so I just do things instinctively I don't think about them and I suppose what you see me doing on the AFL pitch um, is what I do instinctively at home so it's to remember that you can't play on and remember that yeah ducking and diving or getting caught holding that doesn't happen you know our game isn't like that our game at home is, is very much uh, it flows all the time there's no stopping um, we get the ball and we carry, uh, carry it so we can solo the ball kick the ball back to yourself um, so you're going all the time that's what our game is about it's, it's very f- uh, free flowing it's fast it's probably not as physical here so it's to train the brain um, if you're doing something for you know the guts of 20, 25 26 27 years that you have to train the brain not to do it um, so yeah that's probably why um, I instinctively do that um, it's it's not that <laughs> I just sometimes forget that you're nearly on an AFL pitch rather than a GEA pitch um, so it must be quite frustrating for you that you get caught with it and suddenly it's a free kick against you yeah. like yeah 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 exactly but yeah you know obviously you know every week that you you play and you know I suppose I've only played 14 you know AFL matches now and probably a couple of practice matches um some you know you're still relatively relatively new to it but every game I play I probably try to take two things into the next game to do better um you know whatever it is um you know obviously in Gaelic football we don't have a tackle so that's all new as well and you know there's so much we we're not allowed you know body up or do any of that so there's so much new stuff that you have to learn on the pitch we don't have like structures and game plans and stuff like that we don't play like that at home so even the education around the game I can just about get what the forwards do um, if you were to ask me what wingers do and maybe have an idea what midfield, midfielders do uh, you know I only can concentrate and learn and that that type of stuff um, so I find that very difficult like I, I'm getting better at it but like structures and all that we don't play to structures at home you kind of just you know you kind of play um, on flair and instinct alone which you know is, is something different but um yeah I, I yeah I think the Gaelic football style probably excites the AFLW a little bit anyways. Yeah. Are you gonna <laughs> drop a solo in? Uh-huh. You know? Yeah it, it, it happened this year. Yeah. Someone talked about did, that who, twice. Did that? Yeah. Uh, Collingwood um, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So um yeah <laughs> I would if if it was if it counted in your fifteen <laughs> yeah. meters. I'd certainly solo the <laughs> no ball. Stats. But yeah, yeah. Um, it doesn't count as it would if you counted as a bounce. It certainly would. But um, I would yeah. have thought surely it would. No, <laughs> the rule changes are that frequent. Who knows? It might no, yeah, yeah. They, they, they reckon that they changed the rule last year for the way I kicked, so they might change the rule next year for the way uh, I can solo. Right? Yeah, Wait, the one which that one? Um, the one at the siren. So if the siren is gone, that you can now kick around the corner you can move off the spot that's true yeah, yeah. so yeah. normally you just had to do a punt remember oh, they used to pull up horrible. Buddy after the siren and yeah. Buddy yeah he wasn't allowed to swing out to the yeah, left you just, yeah. you're allowed to if that's your natural kicking yeah. habit you're allowed yeah. to still do it after you're allowed, the siren you're allowed to still do it after the siren yeah. so last year you weren't so yeah they, they reckon that they, they actually said it on one of the I don't know I think it was after the first match that they called it the Cora rule so, uh-huh. so <laughs> you've got a rule name back fantastic <laughs> Cora I'm, in, I'm intrigued actually because there's a lot of talk as we've we've been discussing about you being caught with the ball you know but yeah. I actually really love the way that you play and I love what that what you Irish girls bring in that regard because there isn't any tackling in your game yeah. so there's a fr- greater freedom of movement of the body yeah. like I can just get it and go because yeah. no one's going to pin me down yeah. and um, I, I note particularly that you, you say you've played 14 games of footy which is so small it's so little it's such a little number of games yeah. and yet I 
I admire greatly how well you stand up in a tackle. I hope that doesn't sound terribly no, patronizing. No, no, no. But no. honestly, you look like someone who has played AFL for a very long time. You know, strong through the body, strong yeah. in the hips, and you know how long to hold the ball before yeah. releasing it. I know you've been caught a few times, yeah. but it's still great to see that kind of confidence that I can take it on, yeah. get caught, and still know how long I've got before I get rid of the ball. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, that's been a, a thing this year, especially with um, Al and, and John, our forwards coach. They said, don't try and change you. Do yeah, they encourage right. me to yeah. shoot if you get caught holding. It looks that way. Yeah, if you get caught holding, you get caught holding, but don't lose that. I suppose that's probably one of my biggest strengths. Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm I'm probably very strong through the core and, and through the legs. And it's exciting to watch that for the spectators. Yeah, so I say um, don't stop as well. Yeah, mm. so yeah, you know they've encouraged it. I've never, you know, once been given out for being caught holding the ball. You know, make sure you take it on and try and absorb the tackle and give hands. Then um, they certainly haven't told me to change and don't want me to change it. So mm. it's well, very hard. It's very difficult to change. I think if you play playing sport for so long, mm. it's 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 very mm. difficult to change something. Old well, habits. we've certainly noticed the tackles you've broken through. So there's that too. <laughs> and have you got uh, some sort of psychic, you know, relationship with Yvonne Bonner? You two seem to join up so often with your kicks and your play to each other. What's going yeah, on there? Yeah, I don't think – I think, again, it's just instinct and in that we're naturally – because we – have the same um, running running patterns and leading patterns in Gaelic football. We kind of know where each other are, where each other go and you know how we play. Um, I, I yeah, there's not there's nothing that, that we've done in training to try and do that. I just think um, us Irish girls are you know we're very agile, we're very quick on our feet because of our game, um, and I think that probably probably helps you can see and Yvonne's a, f- a fantastic athlete as well um, so yeah I, I don't think it's anything I just think it's because we've played the game and how the game of Gaelic football is played that we're tr- we're still kind of playing a bit off that we're trying to play you know some of AFL but when you're in the heat of the game and stuff you'll always go back to what, what your instinct tells you yeah so we yeah we've we've linked up well Yvonne has done amazingly well in her first season over here you know it's it's very difficult I thought when I come over last year you know this shouldn't be t- not that it shouldn't be too hard, but a bit hard. But you know, I thought GA and and AFL were very similar, and they're miles apart. Yeah, yeah. there's certain <laughs> there is certain skills that we have in both, but they're they're miles apart. They're two they're two very very different games, and um, it takes it takes a long time um, to really learn and, and and hone in on all the skills. You know, as I said, there's so much you have to learn. It's not just about the skills; it's the off field stuff as well. So do you think if Yvonne Bonner picks up goal of the year for that snap in the uh, pocket with the left boot that there'll be a few people a bit annoyed that a first-year player is picking up a goal of the year? <laughs> no, not at all. I think, uh, you know, whatever um, goal of the, is worthy of goal of the year should pick it up. Um, you know, obviously it was an amazing goal. There's been some other amazing goals picked this year. But, yeah, um, you know, yeah, whoever whoever kicks the best goal should be given the best goal. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if they're a first year, if they're Irish, or whatever. It comes with a car too, doesn't it? The <laughs> goal of the year and the car of the uh, the mark of the year as well. <laughs> She'll be able to drive you home. <laughs> yeah, we, I, I'll get her to split it. That's it. <laughs> Very good. Let's talk about the Taylor Harris photo. Yeah, I suppose it's um, it's it's been a big week for for Taylor and obviously the photo and. The way it's dominated social media is, you know, it's gone beyond belief that you you think that a photo like that um, and would be still, you know, what is nearly uh, a week old now. It's still dominating headlines. It, it's dominated the headlines at home. It's dominated the papers at home, which is yeah. huge to think that AFLW has been spoken about in Ireland and reading yeah. the, the. Well, it's in the news for all the wrong reasons yeah. again, like it was this time last year because KB was being. Yeah. Um, 
suspended. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I think it's, in some ways, it's, it's good that, you know, what's happened was obviously mm, shocking, terrible, and, and the whole social media comments and what was said was terrible, but it's turned into a, a story, hopefully, that will stop a lot of that. Um, mm. You know, social media is brilliant. You know, we all love social media, um, but at times it can be one of the worst places that you can be. Mm. Um, in you know I, I suppose and, and for Taylor and, and the comments that you know have come out you know and for the people that are affected outside of her because um, she's have had massive support you know I, I heard her mother um, speak on um, the television the last mm-hmm. day and it's people like her her extended family her friends that are the ones that are worried about her when she's actually probably okay because she's getting so much more support yeah um, but they're affected as well they're they're massively affected mm-hmm. and i just think it's a, a, again it's a thing that if you if you're to run a social media account whether it's on instagram facebook twitter wherever it is that someone needs to modify it and you know these comments shouldn't be coming up and it, it, the people that are, are the comments that people are putting out there the people that are putting out the comments should be sought out found out and never be allowed to attend uh, um, any sporting event um, within Australia or wh- wherever they're from, um, because it's cowardly. I, you know, from my point of view, I've I've got the wrath of social media plenty of times at home. Wh- when you're in the news, you're always going to people that love you or hate you. Um, and again, I'm I'm able to deal with it at home. It's like um, when I'm playing, and you get you know um, certain comments in the stand from 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 um supporters that obviously don't like you because you're very successful and when your niece or nephew or your dad has to stand in the crowd and listen to it they can't take it i can take it because i'm out in the field and mm. i can you know a lot of time i might hear it but they can they can and i think it's really important that you know these people are st- stood up to um i'm glad that the saga that ha- that has been that has turned out the way it is because if you let them people keep saying them comments and nothing is said about it now you know you'd hope that when someone comments again that they'd be afraid to comment or these people are found out and what I don't like is all these if you're going to comment on social media if I'm going to comment that I comment as me I'm not this parity account as we call it at home this fake account Mm. I'm saying who I am Mm. and what I stand for Mm. but a lot of the time they're fake accounts and people are setting up accounts just to comment and that's cowardly Mm. and then people certainly need to be sought out and you know banned from I, I don't even think banned from AFL. I think banned from all um, all sports and, and and being involved in it because at at a time whether it's that man is is going to uh, be a father or they they have a sister or whatever it is and and you can't make comments like that. It's detrimental and I I worry about social media for young people growing up. I worry about social media for my nieces and nephews growing up yeah. because it's it's a really really it's a really positive thing on on one regard but can turn into a really nasty thing. And I suppose at home, you know, there was plenty of situations that I've had, you know, where I have had to myself personally close down accounts because of of abuse. And it's fine I can start in some ways deal with it but my family can't deal with it my sister can't deal with it my niece can't deal with it my dad can't deal with mm. it and I think it's a thing it's it's a big big world but it's a thing that needs to be dealt with in some way and I think this Taylor Harris incident has gone worldwide while it's massive here in Australia as I said it's been in America it's been in papers in America Canada it's been in Ireland I think this might be the starting point where people suddenly realise that it's not okay to say anything, any flipping comment on social media, whatever, if it's sexual, whatever it is, doesn't matter. They can't just go use that as a platform where they can abuse people. Yeah. Um, unless they want to abuse them and be the person, they stand up and say, well, that's my comment, that's what I'm saying, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. 
feels, doesn't it, and I must quote my partner on this one, who said that this could be like women's football's Nikki Winmar moment. Cora, I'm not sure if you know who Nikki Winmar no. is. He was a footballer, indigenous footballer who played for St Kilda in the late 80s, probably right through the 80s and early 90s, who was playing at Victoria Park and I don't know the year and I apologise for not knowing, but um, he'd had a gutful of the racial torment yeah. that he'd experienced in his football days and towards the end of that game against Collingwood, yeah. yep, he lifted his, he just simply stood up, yeah. lifted his jumper up above his chest and pointed mm. to his skin. Yeah. And that is, has become... I would say one of the most iconic images yeah. of Australian football, mm-hmm. and it certainly was a watershed moment. It changed yeah. things for uh, yeah. ra- racial vilification laws, and you know, and the AFL responded. Yeah. And I mean, there's still a long way to go in yeah. that regard, but there was a big response. Yeah, and I, my partner commented and said, maybe this is like women's football. Yeah, I, 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 moment. I do think it's it's a big watershed moment, but I do think the AFL and any other sporting organisation whatever if it's soccer if it's rugby league or whatever it is um, that they all now do something um, down the line to make sure that these moments don't happen again and again you yeah. know just, it's fine it go, it'll go away eventually the story will be you know it's been talked about for a week which shows the important story it eventually will go away but the next time it happened that it doesn't become headline news that it's stamped out and I think the AFL and all other sporting organisations need to have procedures and policies put in place and straight away that it you know it doesn't become a story because it should never happen yeah, yeah absolutely it right. should never happen and, yeah. I, and I think it's you know it's 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 sad that it has to come to that that a photo of a 21 year old girl and the comments that are made um, that has to make worldwide news for something to change but you know if it does change something I'm sure the likes of Taylor will say to herself you know I've done something for the next generation of young girls coming up in the generation they're playing already but it's something certainly right throughout the world that social media needs to change and, and, and it's up to people that run the accounts like AFL or at home you have the GA the people that they're responsible for them and if they put out comments if people are out comments whoever they are they're responsible for their own account and they're punished and they're punished in, in, a, in, a, in a way that's not just oh you're going to miss a match or you're going to this yeah. happen and they're punished you know because it, it, at the end of the day to me it's a crime yeah. we talk about an era of mental health um, with young people uh, and you know young women and young men and you know I think social media has a huge um, has a huge part to play in the mental health of young people on a negative point of view that we've poor mental health and you know we're we're living in a society where it's all about likes and um, you know uh, retweets and comments and stuff that that's not how life should should be lived um, you know um, you, you are your own person and you shouldn't worry about um, how you look or what, what someone else is putting up on Instagram it should be just about yourself mm. what I love um, just to kind of tie this up what I love is that Taylor turned it around and she um, changed it into a Kick. she made it into a kicking challenge yeah. but what, what I haven't heard anyone else talk about um when they've been commenting on this on this um, hashtag and the, the challenge is her little slapstick moment in that in that video. So she go, she's done the kick and then she's talking to the dog and she goes to put a foot on the bench and she misses and then she <laughs> sort of pretends to hit her head and, and falls back. I reckon I won't be doing a Taylor kick challenge, but I reckon I could do a Taylor <laughs> stumble around and be clumsy challenge. I'll do that. I think there was a that pair of footy boots in the shoes. That. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I just think it shows the character of the person that she can turn it around into a very, you know, positive manner. And, and obviously you can see by her performance at the weekend that, you know, it's, you know, she was she was amazing. It was yeah. probably her best game of the year. Yeah, she, she was amazing. Yeah. And, you know, that's just shows yeah. for the 21 year, 21 year old that's gone through that, you know, to be that strong will. She, to not she's, be distracted from, yeah. from her job on the on the. Field. Playing footy yeah. is the easy part, isn't it? Sometimes? Yeah, but that's all you. That's all you want to do yeah. is play footy, and you know, all I'm sure she wants to do is inspire the next generation, and you know, kids to be like her. And you know, she's a phenomenal athlete. Wouldn't you love to be like her? Yeah.